Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Our viewers have asked, and we have responded many months later <laughs> with an official Greatest Gen t-shirt. I don't believe this. You're going to put that thing on and parade around like one of them? That is correct. Uh, we have a West Hot American Summer t-shirt in the Maximum Fun swag store available for your purchasing dollars now. It's a beautiful rendering of West Hot American Summer, a reference to the time I, as like a 10 or 11 year old, went to summer camp and went around introducing myself to people as Wesley. The boy. Because I admired the character so much. It's your shame soon to be immortalized on our viewers' bodies. <laughs> Henceforth. Yeah. How do you feel about that? That's really something. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't have picked a more obscure reference <laughs> to our show, really, to, to go with for our first t-shirt. Why, what is this attitude? Like, something I think I talked about in the first maybe 10 episodes, somewhere in that range, I think. And uh, I think it really speaks to our marketing prowess that the name of our show <laughs> is the smallest thing on this shirt. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we got our hashtag on there, so. Yeah. Yeah. Tween, tweens will know what's up. It's a it's a beautifully rendered shirt. Uh, it's it's made on that super soft American apparel, super soft cotton. It feels real nice against your body, Ben. Yeah, the uh, the maximum fun people don't mess around when it comes to like quality of swag. Like this stuff is all like always printed super nice. Every maximum fun thing I've ever gotten uh, has always really impressed me with fit and finish. And uh, I think you guys are gonna like it. So you can go to maxfunstore.com, and uh, I think uh, it's been uh, a long haul to get to this point. And we have our viewers to thank, and we should also thank Nick Dittmore, uh, our friend who did the design on it. We'd uh, really appreciate anybody that wants to spread our shame in t-shirt form. It's yet another way to support the show that you love. You know, back when I was in the academy, we would follow every toast with a song. Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Hey, welcome to The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harrison. Hey, I'm Adam Pranica. <laughs> that was a pretty informal kick there, Ben. Yeah, yeah just, uh, you know, it's we're just two chill guys chilling out and having a chill time. Is that how you greeted people when you uh, you met a few of our viewers at a, at a gathering last night? I want to hear about this. Yeah, so uh, the Maximum Fun Network uh, threw a big a big meetup for the New York hosts and New York viewers and or listeners uh, <laughs> at uh, Stuart Wellington's bar, The Hinterlands. Uh, Stuart Wellington, of course, one of the three co-hosts of the Flop House. Um, and it, a real, a real peach of a guy. One of the nicest, one of the nicest peeps on the network, I would say. If you were a Q type person and you were choosing a corporeal body to mm -hmm. inhabit, if you wanted to choose someone to look like, you couldn't do better than Stu. 
Guy's no, great. no, he's he's a, he's a looker. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the bar is beautiful. It's uh, it's it's just what you want in a neighborhood bar. It's uh, it's, it's a lot of wood. It's a lot of wood. It's like really nicely lit. It's got a beautiful back patio. Good great bathroom. selection of beers. Great great spirits lists. Good cocktails. Good wine. Everything about it, I thought, was great. Was there an official cocktail to this gathering, or or either to the bar itself? I was drinking um, margaritas because I have been noticing that every time I drink beer these days, I feel awful. Oh no! <laughs> so, uh, so I uh, I've been just kind of steering clear of the uh, of the suds lately. Is um, that your go-to cocktail? Um, not all the time, but I walked in and uh, Dan McCoy, another. Flophouse co-host was uh, was nursing one, and it oh, seemed yeah. like the right move. You know, seems like a good idea when you see someone else with one. Yeah, um, yeah, you and I met some viewers. I met many viewers, and it was great. It was like uh, it was all really nice people, uh, a diverse group, and and that was really pleasing because sometimes I worry that we're just too white dudes making things that only white dudes want to hear, which is like eh, there's too much of that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so it was it was great to meet like uh, like all kinds of different people that listened to our show and said really nice things about it. And I probably should have like written down people's names because I'm terrible at remembering names. But uh, oh yeah, if if you uh, are a viewer and you came up and said hi to me, uh, it tickled me to no end. And uh, I was like I was like a little nervous going in because I think it was the first time. Uh, I was at an event, like sort of officially there to represent Greatest Gen, and uh, kind of a lot of pressure. It went great. It was really fun. Did you feel cool? And I don't say that to make fun at all, (laughs) but I only say that to uh, to underscore like sort of the strangeness that comes along with uh, newfound and even undeserved popularity, like. Like, you were a reason that people went to this thing. One of the reasons, I mean. And uh, I, that can't be a regular feeling. Yeah. Well, so we struck up a conversation with a guy uh, in the patio, like, fairly soon after arriving there. And I uh, I just kind of casually asked, like, what shows he listened to. And he listened. he listed, you know, a bunch of McElroy shows and Judge John Hodgman and Jordan Jesse Go. And I was like, okay... This is not a guy that is here for Greatest Gen, uh-huh. but we had a nice conversation, and and then my wife worked in that I hosted a show on the network, and I was immediately like uh, struck with shame, and I was best. like, I was like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and he he was nice. He's like, oh, I, I've I've heard good things, but I haven't listened yet. And I was like, oh, you don't have to. Please don't. <laughs> wow, that's funny. Like I I could totally see my wife doing the same thing like you're gonna drag me to a fucking max fun event and not even say that you're on one of the shows like, <laughs> i could see that being a, a resting state for me too good yeah. for her shoving you out onto the dance floor yeah and another nice guy i met was steve i don't know his last name but he hosts a podcast called geek life crisis uh-huh. and uh he, he had on a t-shirt of Geek Life Crisis and gave me a business card of Geek Life Crisis and I was like, "Damn, <laughs> Adam and I are not running a, a tight ship." 
I was uh, either I was, that or our ship is super tight. Like I, we are, we're all about uh, the show and not about marketing at all. Sort of like how I run a freelance video business. Like <laughs> I, I choose not to market whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I, I do feel like it would be good to have some collateral to pass out at things like that. Maybe, maybe we do need to get some like. Some like uh, isolinear like, chip business cards. Yeah, or just like on the down low, print out some of the Bill Tilly trading cards to uh, you know surreptitiously pass to people. On the DL, I like that. I'm down. We've seen proof now that they can be printed. It's yeah. not like it's not like trying to scan a twenty dollar bill and the and Photoshop locks up on you. <laughs> Although <laughs> I'm sure they're working on that. That's a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you try and scan money, like Photoshop will tell you, it, it you're not allowed to uh, manipulate images of money in their software. Wow. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. Is this sort of like the pig butt thing, or is this actually a thing? It's actually a thing. <laughs> I've tried to do it several times because you know, like I, I yeah, used to be want a to rap video money. director, and I wanted to make like <laughs> it look like we had hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a on a shoot one time. Two things you need to it. scan a lot of for a rap video is uh, <laughs> is a lot of money and big booties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I needed more big booties than we had on hand. <laughs> oh, man. That meetup sounds great. I hope I get to do one of those sometime. I hope we get to do some together. Yeah, man. Uh, it, it made me really uh, wish you, were, you would have been there. Cause... There's probably a German word for shame envy, and that's exactly the thing I'm feeling. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Shaman Scheiser. <laughs> yeah, if you speak German, please write in. Yeah. Drunkshimoto at gmail.com. You want to talk about season three, episode 18, Allegiance, Ben? Yeah, this is one of my favorite charades that we've uh, we, we've watched so far this season. Yeah, you really you really get some great brogue in this one, don't you? <laughs> So the Enterprise has just finished eradicating a plague at some planet, and they're going to go meet up with the USS Hood to do some terraforming. And uh, Picard, like, finishes up recording his captain's log, and he's, like, leaning back in a chair with a book and decides to shut his eyes for a second. And just then, the obelisk from 2001 A Space Odyssey appears over his chair and he disappears. Yeah, it's like a sky monolith, right? Yeah. It's pretty cool. It, it looks good. like a, it looks like it feels pretty pleasant whatever it's doing to him. <laughs> and um and I guess so like on the bridge they detect that something funky just happened in in uh, Picard's quarters, but Worf and the Dustbuster Club run down there and Security override, priority one. <laughs> Picard answers the door with like a old book and a snifter full of brandy. Something the matter, Lieutenant. I'm just chilling in my room. Yeah, like uh, like nothing's wrong here. <laughs> Nothing to see. Move along. And he he pretty much shuts the door in their face, right? Yeah. So, meanwhile, Picard wakes up in a room that's got like a column in the middle of it and four beds kind of radiating out from this column and there is a blue starfleet lady and a man with a sydney opera house hat <laughs> sitting in there and 
Picard, like, you know, he tries his communicator a couple of times. Nothing nothing works. Uh, he goes and, like, tries to see if the blue lady has got blood pumping through her veins, but she thinks he's, <laughs> he's trying to strangle her. <laughs> it was a, a very strange gambit he chooses to attempt to assess whether she's alive or not. It's yeah. like put his hand on her neck. Yeah. But, uh... I feel like he could just, like, tap her on the sole of her shoe or something. Be a little yeah. bit more chaste. Like, hey, uh, you up? <laughs> yeah. He could have just texted her an eggplant emoji. This set just screamed at me, cost-saving option. <laughs> you know? Like, uh, it looks good. It looks real plain. But, oh, man. Like, this is basically home for the next 40 minutes. Yeah, well, it's definitely, this is a very Twilight Zone slash Outer Limits kind of plot, and it really reminded me of a a set for a very similar episode of the Outer Outer Limits that I have, like, a vague memory of uh-huh. from when I was a kid, and um, I don't know, did you ever watch that show? I did, but I don't remember the specific episode you're talking about. Yeah, there were like, a couple versions of that show, right? There was like the old old version. Yeah, and then there was like a, an eighties or nineties version. When yeah, it there came was back. like a. Is this that 90s... version you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, it was like, you know, my my father showed me an article about it in the paper, and reading about it made it sound like it would be appealing to a young Star Trek nerd such as myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, we received some mail at the house addressed to Wesley. <laughs> Who is that? Uh, I'll give it to him. I'll pass it along. Your mom's like, why do you keep encouraging him? <laughs> it sounds like somebody isn't becoming allergic to beer. No, no. And even if I were, I would still uh, probably power through it. Committed to the bit. I like yeah. it. The deal is Picard is in this room. Um, the Sydney Opera House hat guy is named Kova, and he's uh, from a race of beings that uh, get their asses kicked a lot and uh, insist on not having any enemies because they're so peace-loving. I wrote and down the name Hova, but I guess I had Jay-Z on the mind, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then... Um, and then the cadet, the uh, Starfleet blue lady, is named Harrow, and she's Bolian. And I guess Sydney Opera House guy came first, and then Harrow appeared, and then Picard appeared. There are red hockey pucks to be had in the column in the middle of the room that are edible, but not not food, at least as far as Kova is concerned. He seemed like a bit of a snob, though. Those they look were pre- uh, those look tasty enough. They look like a couple of things to me. They look like the soap that uh, the little kid has to eat as punishment in a Christmas story for cursing. Uh-huh. I've never uh, seen that film, so I'll just oh have to take your word for it. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know how you stayed away from that one. I mean, it's that's actually just shocking to me. I yeah. Thought, I, I thought everyone had seen it. I thought it was in the zeitgeist. I don't know why. Uh, maybe that's... Maybe You're not missing we'd... too much. It's not that great. Yeah. 
If we do a holiday episode, maybe we'll watch it. But the whole scene so- sort of felt like uh, Sawyer and the Fish Biscuit in Lost. <laughs> like it yeah. felt very fish biscuity to me. Yeah, which was fun. Well, maybe they watched. Uh, they may- maybe they watched that episode and decided to kind of borrow from it. The consensus is these little pucks are edible, but they don't look very tasty. No. And you know how, like, like you can eat, like, a lot of Jello and not feel filled up? Yeah. I feel like that's what's going on with these. It's kind of like torture food. They, uh, they've got the food, but there's no toilet. And I think that's going to be a problem if they can't get out of here. Yeah, there's no toilet, and there's also no water to, to speak of. Right. It's not clear like what span of time they spend in this in this place. I think it's like a couple of days, but not like a whole bunch of days. Maybe the aliens are just beaming the poo out of them as they go. Yeah, if they're sophisticated enough to get them here yeah. undetected, you can imagine they're uh, they're all up in them guts with a transporter. What would your strategy be if you were in a room like like that with a couple of strangers? And and it was poopy time. Like, would you just kind of, like, select one corner of the room as the latrine, and whoever's bed is next to it just has to suck it up? Well, luckily there's one empty bed at this point right. in, in the episode, so I think you definitely shit behind that empty bed <laughs> uh, in the meantime. Also, the dude that shows up doesn't look like he would particularly mind a poopy bed. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Uh, so there's the kind of the two stories that are running is there is this kind of like psychological uh, thriller type of situation with Picard trying to figure out why he's been imprisoned by whom and to what end. And then on the other side, you've got... You've got fake Picard yeah. wandering around the ship. And I think both of these stories are given equal weight. There's no I don't yeah. feel like there's necessarily an A and a B here. I think we're we're sort of braiding back yeah. and forth between them. Tandem storylines. And um that's not really how I remembered it. I felt like, I I feel like in my memory of this episode it was gonna be like almost entirely set in this tiny room. Yeah. But uh but yeah, like there's a lot of hijinks with Captain Picard behaving strangely and and the the crew becoming increasingly uneasy with the strange behavior like he orders them to go find a pulsar instead of going to meet up with the hood and uh and they're like well okay but are we going to are you going to explain why we're going to this pulsar or what's up with that Picard does that thing that if anyone you were close to started to do, it would fire off so many red flags and red lights, which is like, if your wife all of a sudden were like, hey, Ben, you trust me, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Like, if I were to do some weird things, you'd still be with me, right? Yeah. And and I... basically, that's what Picard's doing to different crew members for a while. He's like, you know, I could... I mean, the the crew's used to following my orders no matter how weird, right? And everyone's yeah. like, yeah, of course, you're the captain. And he's like, but if I were to do some really weird shit, they'd still follow me, wouldn't they? And everyone to a person is like, sure, you're the captain. They, yeah, don't, we- they, 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 don't, they don't see the red flags right in front of them. Yeah, and so like the, 
the the red flags go from like you know showing up to the poker game to like you know giving Troyas up and saying like hey why don't you why don't you give me a heads up before uh, mutiny starts just in case my weird behavior over the next few days essentially starts one yeah uh, <laughs> and she's like uh okay yeah he goes hey down. Ben you wouldn't mind if I just started doing Tinder right. That wouldn't be a problem for you, would it? I just want to, like, see what it's like. (laughs) You know, I missed the whole e-dating, app dating thing. I've never swiped left or right on anything. And I just want (laughs) to, you know, I'm curious. You know, I've been kind of wondering what drugs are like. Like injectable (laughs) drugs. Right. That would be okay with you, wouldn't it? Like, you know me. You know I would not get totally out of control immediately with that, right? And uh, this fake Picard is... There's, there's this... If I went to Thailand and murdered a child for sport, <laughs> you wouldn't divorce me over something like that, would you? Look, man, whatever the laws allow over there, <laughs> there's this narrow space that Patrick Stewart is operating in that I think is really interesting in this in this storyline like yeah there is acting like a good guy and acting like a bad guy and let's just say like those are those are like podiums and mm-hmm. what he's done is he has moved the space between them like he's narrowed that space so that good guy and bad guy are standing very close together i feel like and so yeah. his acting is not broad and wild as the bad guy, just like it isn't yeah. overly good when he's being good. And it's I not like that... he has like a black goatee. Right. <laughs> the bad guy. And I think that totally works in the story's favor here. Like Absolutely. that was that was the best choice they could have done. He is so subtle in his badness. This is not something that they would have thought to do in season one, you know? <laughs> no, but there was an episode in season one where Picard was taken over by the gas cloud, remember? Yeah, and the, there are so many beats that they borrow from that episode in this episode. The, yeah, yeah. You know, like, but but they sort of right some of the wrongs. You know, when Riker starts to express some concerns, Picard isn't like, maybe you should get your health checked. Did you ever think of that? You know, it's he he actually kind of like speaks some logic into the into the conversation. <laughs> Ben, he does that exactly in his ready room. You don't remember that scene? Yeah, no, it's exactly the same scene. It's just better written. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, this is like another one of the, those instances where we're binging this show in a way that was unnatural at the time. Yeah, you would and definitely so you don't, would have forgotten that garbage episode from season one by this Yeah, point. that was two years ago, and to <laughs> us, it's it's a month and a half. Meanwhile, back in the prison room, a new alien has shown up, and uh, this is Isak of the Chalnoth, who he appears and like immediately whips out a knife and is about to kill everybody, but uh, Picard manages to talk him out of it by explaining that he has visited Isak's planet before, <laughs> and I guess Isak is impressed enough by that that <laughs> he's like, all right, maybe I won't gut you like a pig. Um, Isak's got those Nausicaan vibes a little bit. Yeah, he's sort of like a midpoint between a Klingon and a Nausicaan. He's, he's got of, an underbite and Batman abs. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. like the uh, the uniform yeah. abs. The abs are built into his costume. Yeah. So Picard is trying a bunch of stuff to like deduce who the captors are, what he has in common with the other people. Like when the toothy guy shows up, they have like four people, four beds, and they're like, okay, like what? Where are we going to shit now? Yeah. <laughs> and also, besides that, what is the unifying principle here? Like, Isak's like, what the fuck is that smell? <laughs> they're like, uh, that's your bunk, bro. <laughs> I call top bunk, bro. <laughs> there's not a lot to go on, and uh, Sydney Opera House guys, there's a door, and Sydney Opera House guys at great pains to discourage them from messing with it because. He spent some time trying to open it, and all he got was shot with a a pain ray. And so Picard immediately ignores this advice and gets uh, gets everybody working on trying to open it up. And he and and Tooth Man and Blue Lady get get shot with the pain ray. And uh, it doesn't look fun. No, it sure doesn't. Not fun at all. So let's go back to the fun storyline, Ben, with Dapicard. <laughs> who walks into Ten Forward and, like, displays the sort of false modesty of, like, a parade leader. Yeah. <laughs> like, he walks in, like, the door's open, the door's shut behind him, and he just sort of stands there waving. <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah, it's like it's like when you see like Trump come out on stage and you don't see who he's waving at, but he's always like waving at people like, "Hey, that guy," you know. <laughs> like, it's amazing. This is a great ship. Everybody on this ship is great at their jobs. <laughs> I hire all the best people. My people are amazing. And there's like there's like murmuring behind him like, "Holy shit, that's Captain Picard." <laughs> what is he doing here? And he's like, "You know what?" I'm going to get an ale. Fuck it. I'm going to get an ale for everyone. And he announces it to the whole deck. Yeah, nobody raises their hand and is like, uh, you know that like money doesn't exist, so like it's not a big deal to get around for everybody, and we all just got what we wanted, and like none of us are drinking ales. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, a little bit out of earshot, Riker and Jordy are sitting at a table, and they are... And Troy. Be- and Troy, and they're starting to feel a little bit squicked out about Dal Picard. Commander, what's the captain up to? That's not the captain I know. They've noticed his odd behavior, this being a prime example of that behavior. And at that moment, uh, Picard breaks into song. <laughs> After Very... toasting the, the finest crew in Starfleet. Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I've heard that sound before, but I can't put my finger on where. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, another thing Picard does is takes, uh, takes Dr. Crusher on a hot date to his quarters where the lights are turned low and she's in like a elegant dress and he's in a deep v uh off-duty captain costume (laughs) she looks like a wedding cake and uh and his deep v is projecting an air of confidence that you raker like confidence yeah it's a smarmy scene like he's he's really putting the moves on her at a certain point she's like listen like this is very sweet and 
very surprising and very flattering, but I, I really think that I am happy with our relationship as it is. And he hops up and puts on some smooth jazz and he's like, Would you care to dance? I thought you didn't dance. On special occasions. Uh, do you think he turns on the music to distract Beverly from the box at the foot of his bed? He's <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> He's just like hitting the volume like louder and louder. Yeah, you know, like. When it's real Picard, Wesley is down to be in that box for fairly extended periods of time. But yeah. like having to listen to him bed his own mother is a bridge too far. It oh, kind of breaks the rules of the game, you know? That's so brutal. Yeah. <laughs> so they dance around a little bit. And then at that point, Beverly is like, I feel like you're fucking with me right now. <laughs> and at that point, Picard pulls one of the all-time big dog moves on her which is like oh i'm not but you may leave yeah and like, and like goes up to the door opens it and is like gestures with his hand like go on this is the hallway you will now go out into it <laughs> it is stone cold yeah yeah it's like don't don't act like i want it i don't yeah yeah it was brutal and Beverly just sort of takes it with a with a little chagrin, right? Like, yeah. I think at this point she's hip to his to the idea that he might not be the real thing. Yeah. The senior staff get together at Riker's quarters and start plotting a mutiny. And uh, can you imagine the the amount of tidying up Riker had to do before that <laughs> gathering? Yeah. He probably just has a switch on the wall that puts it into ultraviolet mode so that, you know, like, he can just work in that color for a while. <laughs> oh, man. I'm thinking that he just has a has a separate quarters for that. <laughs> like, the amount of, of regular cleanup would just yeah. be impossible to sustain. Yeah. I mean, they only have, like, an ambassador on the ship every so often, so... Yeah. He can he can probably and it's probably up to him like who gets assigned those those rooms. So, he can probably safely keep one of them pretty messy. In the Fred Durst parlance, everyone is in agreement that something's wrong with uh, <laughs> with Picard at this point and they are just trying to figure out what to do about it. Yeah, it's pretty inconclusive. So, back in the cell, they've gotten the door like smashed open and it opens up and it's like just a sheet of metal on the other side it's like give me a fucking break uh <laughs> it's, it's a little bit like in uh return of the jedi when they're trying to sneak in the back door of the shield generator <laughs> you know it's like the same I, thing where familiar. they're yeah well it's like a, it's a movie it's like a science fiction <laughs> film and they're they're monkeying uh-huh. with this door control and they think they've got it and then they say they've got it and another door closes <laughs> You know, it's a real fuck you to their whole plan of escape. Yeah, it's then that Picard kind of he gets fed up and he he's done a couple of things uh, along the way that helped him figure everything out. And one of those things was that he dropped into the conversation uh, what uh, planet they just came from, and the and the Bolian cadet lady 
was like, oh, yeah, you guys cured that plague. That was rad. I'm, I really admire you for that. And uh, he reveals that that was a covert operation. Starfleet has classified the core Caroli 5 plague as secret. And therefore he knows that she is not who she claims to be. And so she splits into three balls of light that coalesce into three Jay Leno aliens. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, Captain Picard, welcome to the show. <laughs> they just do... Uh... They do 20 minutes of really hacky monologuing. Uh, have you seen the election? Uh, <laughs> so this Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> See, I gave my Leno more of a lisp than you. <laughs> and so they're like, they're like, you guys are real dickheads for taking us here against our will. So we'd like to be taken back. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, God, we, we wanted to do a little bit of an experiment. But now that we uh, know that you know that we know that you know, uh, we'll take you back to your ships. Just another world class impression <laughs> by Ben Harrison. Uh, it's, so it's, bad. it's what our viewers crave. <laughs> One of the amazing things about making The Greatest Generation is getting to see all of the cool, creative stuff that the Friends of DeSoto make when we do a Code 47 episode. People send in handcrafted stuff all the time, and they send in their books, they send in paintings, they send in uh, crochet work. It's so cool. And uh, I want a few more of you to have websites to direct us to in those letters. I want you to put your beautiful work on display for the world so that when we get to look at it, we can tell people where to go to get a look at it themselves. And you don't have to know anything about building a website to build a website these days because you can use Squarespace. It'll look beautiful no matter what kind of device people are looking at it on. Hell, you can even sell stuff using a Squarespace website. Don't make your cool, creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com slash scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. A good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace. And I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. 
Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. On the ship, Dapacard has pushed the Enterprise closer and closer to this quasar. Pulsar? Pulsar. That would and be a pulsar due to its uh, flashing lights. It's pulsing lights. And uh, it's it's enough radiation that they're going to start to lose shields pretty soon, and then everybody's just going to be cooked in their boots. And Riker has, has taken the extreme step of taking the captain out of control and ordering everybody to take the ship away from this threat and... You know, because he's set it all up ahead of time, you know, Worf and Wesley and everybody are like, all right, yeah, Captain, the Captain has totally lost his 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 mind and he's super mental and he's going to kill us all. So, Wes is like, I'm finally free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah. The major bullet dodged when I was in the gimp box last night. <laughs> um, but, uh, but. Picard Prime and uh, and Jay Leno show up on the on the bridge and Jay's Leno because <laughs> there's two of them, right? Uh, well, I guess yeah. I guess Da Picard turns into a second Jay Leno, right? And Picard gives Riker a little wink, and Riker does a little like he like taps a couple of buttons on the computer that's near him, and then. Data and Wesley and Worf all do a little button tapping of their own. They're on a and, little ICQ like, yeah. chat thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they send a couple, some some ASCII art of uh, of Picard, of the Enterprise, of little a little confinement beam. Yeah, and the so, confinement beam emoji. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, they sort of like wordlessly get this confinement beam to drop, and the aliens are like, have been pretty smug about the fact that they communicate with each other telepathically. So they're pretty surprised when the Enterprise crew is able to wordlessly set up this this trap for them. With a single look, I was able to inform my crew that I wanted to hold you here. But why? Because I've decided to conduct an experiment of my own. And uh, I guess they're like super advanced aliens that are trying to study the idea of power and morality and all of these things that are alien to them because they're all identical and they all communicate telepathically. Like I guess they're kind of Borg-like in a way, hmm. right? Like they, they sort of don't have any like individual identity. Yeah, I, I, I didn't draw that comparison until you brought it up. Huh. Yeah, I guess that works for me. 
I guess they're Borg-like in all but desire to assimilate things. Their uh, interest in hack comedy. Yeah, their monologue jokes are a lot worse than the Borgs also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they, like, trap them, and it, like, teaches them a little lesson about how annoying it is to be trapped. And then they, like, let them beam themselves off the ship, and Picard gives the order to head toward the USS Hood, and... Uh, continue with their mission and they're on their way when the doctor comes aboard the ship and is like hi captain and uh there's a little slide whistle yeah Riker's like it's it's really great to have you back sir Picard's like uh what did this other guy do in my place <laughs> and Riker's like oh nothing like with a knowing look yeah and that's when you get that timpani sound that rolling timpani that boom <laughs> <laughs> yeah another uh yeah another slide whistle to to closing credits we get on this one it's very strange this show fails a lot when it attempts that little finger in the cheek at the very end like in the mm-hmm. last five seconds totally. uh, did this episode change your opinion of their ability to do that no not at all yeah. It was so weird and tone deaf because it wasn't like he and the doctor actually did anything and all she would have to like she she wasn't on the bridge when it came clear that that was Dot Picard. Yeah. So when Picard Prime is back, she has like the, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't. Ben, if if there were proof that one of us were abducted by aliens, and yeah. we were just returned by those aliens, and everyone right. saw it. There's proof <laughs> of it. Like, this actually happened. Would you just be able to continue on with your day? Like, <laughs> like Picard's in the seat, ready to go meet the USS Hood. Yeah, he's like, like let's get out of here. I've like, been shitting in the corner for three days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with nothing to wipe with. <laughs> they would have to debrief him and give him a box of wipes. Yeah, like, debrief in multiple ways. Yeah. It's incredible. And... Especially because this is the second time that he's been replaced by a Dapacard. Yeah. Like, why does this keep happening? Why do? <laughs> why are they totally uninterested in doing anything to prevent this from happening again? Your iPhone has a thing that it regularly does that makes sure that you are who you are when you unlock it. Sure. The, the Enterprise doesn't even have that for its captain. <laughs> like, the captain can order the ship and the crew to do anything. There is no swipe and unlock on any of that stuff. Well, Adam, that kind of ties into my drunk Shimoda. Hey, Ben. What's that? <laughs> Real or doppelganger, did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda in this episode? Drunk Shimoda! I did, Adam, as it as Did it you find a, a dop Shimoda? I did. And it was Doppelganger Picard. I mean, the plan that he has is insane. There's so much about this character that doesn't make sense. One of the things is, like, he seems to know a lot about, like, what kind of people are on the ship, what yeah. roles they serve. Like, he has full functional knowledge. Like, at some point he has Jordy to, like, get the engine efficiency up to 95%. Like, yeah. That's like a pretty that's a that's a detailed level of knowledge of what role you're playing. So he's he's not like somebody that looks like Picard but is trying to like pick it up as he goes. Yeah. So like what what are the parameters of his deception? Does he know everything that Picard knows? 
Does he know the command codes to set the ship to self-destruct? If so, what's the point of going to this quasar and making everybody, like, be aware of their impending death while radiation builds? Is that part of the experiment or something? I don't know, dude. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, what the fuck is the point of this crazy quasar trip? Pulsar. Damn it. These, These Jay Leno aliens are fucking stupid. They're idiots. Because if they want the maximum amount of time to study real Picard and then the crew's experience with Da Picard, like, why have Da Picard steer the ship into a situation that's going to kill everyone? Like, why don't you have Da Picard lay back in the cut, being really chill, to give real Picard the maximum amount of time in that isolation chamber, in that right. prison? Or like, if Da Picard is going to go make them do something that's going to get everybody killed... Why act super weird around the time that that's happening also, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. do it, make it make it seem plausible that this is, like, some actual Starfleet business that we're going and conducting. It's like he's not even trying. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good Shimoda. Um, my Shimoda was going to be Patrick Stewart himself. <laughs> Just in the spirit of drunk Shimoda, he seems like he's having the most fun, really playing with character. Playing with, really... a, with a character that he has portrayed for now three and a half seasons. Mm-hmm. Like You don't see the strings because he's a better actor than that. But right. like to see a great actor do this kind of work, I mean, he wasn't given a ton to do, but he made some choices here that I thought were great. Yeah. It really uh, like shades. It's it's like the chiaroscuro of evil doppelganger characters. He really like makes it an interesting marginal shift. Yeah, no one's having more fun than him, and he gets to play both sides of the coin, and he does it really well. I thought that was awesome. I agree. I am the cutest of all. Lock faces on my best. I am the cutest of all. There are four lights. What do we have coming up on the next episode, Ben? Episode 19 of Season 3, Captain's Holiday. While on vacation, Picard becomes entangled in the search for a missing weapon from the future. Another time travel episode. Oh, goody. I know how you love those. (laughs) Love them. Uh, Do you remember this episode at all? Uh, This is is a Risa episode, yeah? Yeah, I think that... uh, I think you're right about that. Risa is just basically the Edo planet with a little bit more clothing, right? That's a, that's all? A dab. They Not would much. Be, they'd be best friend planets, wouldn't they? Yeah. Sister planets. Yeah, and, and I guess like they probably aren't constantly looking for a reason to give you a lethal injection on Risa. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's a little more chill than that. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for this one. They might also be a little bit more tolerant of cultures that aren't blonde-haired and blue-eyed. <laughs> oh yeah, that was the that was the deep dark vein of the Edo, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We've we've solved all of our crime problems by not mixing races. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we would not be welcome on the Edo planet, that's for sure. Yeah, for a lot of reasons. All right, well we have to watch it. We do. We don't have any vetoes. That much is assured. You know what's also assured, Ben? What's that, Adam? This show's continued survival thanks to the support of our great viewership. Uh, yeah. If, if any of them, if any of our viewers would like to support the show, they can go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Uh, they can also pop us with a nice five-star review on their uh, podcast listening device of choice. 
That's a big help. It helps people find the show. We should thank Adam Ragusea for our Priority One music and Dark Materia for our theme music. Uh, special episode today, referencing the theme music. That's a lot right. of fun. Um, if you'd like to talk about the show online, there's lots of places to go. There's a subreddit for Greatest Gen. There's also the Maximum Fun subreddit. You can uh, use the hashtag Greatest Gen on Twitter. You can follow Adam at Cut for Time or me at Benjamin AHR. Um, you can go on Facebook. There's a Greatest Generation Facebook group, and there's also a page that you can like. Um, I've been trying to get better about posting these little videos that have like a clip of audio and uh, yeah, and uh, little a little clip form. of our funnies. Yeah, and uh, I have no idea if this is gonna work but uh if you share those on your facebook page or retweet them on twitter or whatever uh i think that that there's a chance that that helps new people find the show and that would be really great yeah for us yeah let's bring some more people into this big tent yeah. shall we i think we shall well that was a great pod ben yeah it was a lot of fun talking about star trek the next generation with you adam and we're gonna be back next time with another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and a sunscreen-smelling episode of The Greatest Generation. I love that smell. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.